0: Welcome to Brave Church Podcast, and thank you for joining us today. We're in a series on Sundays going through the Gospel of Mark, but we also want to encourage you. If you live in the area, go to brave.church/homechurch and check out our home churches that are gathering together around these teachings throughout the week. We believe the kind of church Jesus came to start is more than a crowd. It's friends on a mission living life together. Another great way to connect further is through social media, where there is content designed to inspire and inform you. Here's this week's talk. All right. Man, I feel like every other person in my like, social media feed is out of town, so you guys must be the real Christians. Like This is awesome. It's so exciting to, to see all of you this morning to be here. Man, when I'm speaking on Sunday, Saturday nights, usually it's hard for me to fall asleep because I'm just getting pumped to, to see what God does and to see what he says to us and, and, and how he works. And so we're going to begin with a word of prayer together. Okay, we're going to bow our heads. If you'll bow your heads and join me, I just want to pray for for what God wants to say to us today. So God, I pray that this morning we would be open to your word. God, I pray that we would be open to the growth that only comes through change, and that we would be open to your perspective, even if it's different than our perspective, even if it's different than, than the perspective that we walked in with, that we'd be open, that we would take a humble posture, and, that, and we would allow our hearts to be spoken into by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Well, hey, today we're, we're in part two of our Strong Faith series. We're still going through the Gospel of Mark. And so we're going to be in Mark 6, verses 1 through 6. And if you didn't get notes when you came in, raise your hand, and the ushers will get those to you. And, and, and the passage is printed on the notes. But while you're going there, if you, if you brought a Bible or if you want to follow along on your phone, uh, I want to open with a story. So when I first decided to follow Jesus, uh, I was five years old, and I remember it so vividly because I was sitting in a parking lot in a car with my mom, and she asked me if I wanted Jesus to come into my heart. And I didn't know what that meant. So I started asking questions. And ever since I was a little kid, I've always had a lot of questions. You know, I just want to understand things. And so I'm asking all these questions. But I don't think that that was the kind of moment that she was going for. And so she's like, hey, look, do you want to go to heaven or do you want to go to hell? Now, Like don't think anything about my mom because she's an incredible mom. Okay, I, I just like really tested her. Like I pushed her limits. Okay, and so she's like, "Which do you want?" And I'm like, "Heaven, heaven sounds awesome. Like let's do that." And so that's the moment where my faith journey began. And I'm actually really thankful, looking back, that at such a young age, even though I didn't fully understand it, even though I didn't fully know or or have an understanding of who Jesus was, I didn't know much about the Bible. There were so many things that I didn't know, yet my faith journey began. And so maybe for you, for a lot of you, you probably all came to faith at, at different times. You know, maybe you weren't five years old. Maybe you were in elementary school or, or high school or, or a young adult or, an, or later in life, an older adult. But if you were older than five, you probably knew more than I did when I decided to follow Jesus. And so what's interesting to me about this is, is this idea of faith and finding faith is that just because you find it once doesn't guarantee it's there forever, doesn't mean that you'll be walking with God or that you'll, you'll have developed, it'll develop into a strong faith. See, I have friends that I grew up with in church that, that I went to youth group with in high school that have left their faith. And I have a roommate that's one of my good friends. He was at my wedding this last year. And we went to Bible college together. And he left his faith. And I know pastors who have left their faith. I think that that makes God really sad. So you you might find yourself here in one of these categories or know someone in one of these three categories, either having left faith, lost faith, or losing faith. And see, losing faith, it, it might be a reality that's more common than we'd like to acknowledge or than we'd like to admit. And you might be here today, and that's the journey you're on, as you're trying to figure out, man, can I really still believe in this? Or can I really put my faith in God? And so this is something that happens, but I don't think it's necessary. And I think it breaks God's heart when we walk away from him. And so for a lot of you, I know, in this last year here at Brave, your faith has been revived. You returned to faith. And God has been just giving you this fresh passion and this fresh uh, desire for him. And it's an amazing thing that we can walk away from faith and then return, that, that God loves us so much that the whole time we're walking away, that by his grace and his love, that he keeps pursuing us. And we have so many stories of that in our community, and it's, it's so incredible. But I guess what I'm trying to say to you today is that it's not necessary, to develop a strong faith or even a real faith, you don't have to have a season where you walk away. You don't have to have a season. But often, it's the starting point that is so key that when we start our faith journey, that this this element that we're going to see in our passage today, that it's got to be present, that it's got to be there, and it's got to be a part of our life. See, life. see, today, in our passage, we gain insight to some of Christianity's biggest questions. Like, how do people even come to faith? How does a person find faith in Jesus? Like, how do we decide to follow Jesus? And then, how does faith grow? How how is it possible for over a lifetime for your faith to continue to grow that you could have more faith in Jesus and have a stronger faith a week from now or a year from now or at the end of your life than you do right now? So, let's turn or, or go to Mark 6 where we where we see this okay mark 6 starting in verse 1 it says jesus left there and he went to his hometown and he was accompanied by his disciples and when the sabbath came he began to teach in the synagogue and many who heard him were amazed where did this man get these things they asked what's this wisdom that he's been given what are these remarkable miracles that he is performing Isn't this the carpenter? Isn't this Mary's son and the brother of James, Joseph, Judas, and Simon? Aren't his sisters here with us? And they took offense at him. Jesus said to them, a prophet is not without honor except in his own town, among his relatives, and in his own home. He could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith there was one thing missing here. One thing that we see was missing that kept the people in Jesus's hometown from finding faith in him. And it was that they lacked honor. Write this down in your notes. Honor is the starting point of faith. Honor is the starting point of faith. But what is honor? Honor. It's not a word that we use very often in our culture. It's not something maybe that we can define or, or put into words. This weekend, it just so happens that this weekend is Memorial Day weekend. right? We, we didn't even plan this. I love it as we're just teaching through God's word that these passages and these themes are coming up just so perfectly. Uh, but Memorial Day weekend is a day and a time that's set aside to honor those who've given their lives For our freedom. A couple days ago, my wife and I, we were on vacation and we were in Carmel. And I was walking through this park and and I was just thinking about um, this passage. And then I looked over and I saw this big rock with a plaque on it. And like, I'm a sucker for plaques. I don't know. I just want to see what they say. Like, if it was important enough to put it on a plaque that it's going to be there a long time, right? And it's on a rock, then I want to know what it's for. And so I'm reading this plaque and I realized, wow, like, actually in every corner of this park, There is a monument. There's something set up in memorial to honor and remember people. And so I just want to show you, um, share with you some of these things. So this first one, it says, in memory of Carmel servicemen who gave their lives during World War II. And then it has a list of all of these people who gave their lives for our freedom. And then the next one, it says, um, uh, to the memory of Carmel servicemen whose blood was shed that we might live, and then the last one. It says, and "This one was my favorite." It says, "To honor those brave Americans who, under trying circumstances, fought and gave their lives to defend their country and the cause of freedom. May God bless them all." See in John fifteen thirteen, it says, "Greater love has no one than this: to lay down one's life for one's friends." And see, see, when we see these incredible displays of sacrifice, of love, it resonates. And the appropriate response is honor. This weekend is a time for us to remember the lives that have been given, but most importantly, the life of Jesus. Jesus and we honor him, and we honor the sacrifice and those that, that have given their lives for us, that, we, that we're here, and that we can experience this freedom. And it, it's an amazing thing. We need to be a church that recaptures a sense of honor. Building strong faith starts with honor. Strong faith, it starts with valuing who Jesus is, valuing what he's done for you. Honor is not a B-list value. It's something that we need to major in. It was the determining factor. Get this, it was the determining factor of whether or not people in Jesus' hometown would find faith in him. And so it's really interesting, the specific word for honor isn't used in this passage. It actually says, without honor. And this is the Greek word, atimos, without honor. And this is the opposite of honor. It's to devalue, to disrespect, to make less significant, to make less attractive, or to look down on. And so honor, to honor something, is to do the opposite of this. It's to value something, it's to respect it, it's to see it as important, or it's to speak about something and someone in a way that it makes them more attractive to others. So it's recognizing value. And Jesus, he couldn't do his kingdom work in their town because they didn't honor him, because they didn't value him honor builds a culture where faith can grow. Honor builds a culture for faith to grow. Uh, We know what honor is, right? But culture is how you do things. It's it's what does it look like? And in verse 5, it says, he could not do any miracles there except lay his hands on a few sick people and heal them. He was amazed at their lack of faith. At this point, Jesus, he's already been in many towns and revival's happening through the land. People are finding faith in him. People are experiencing miracles. They're being healed. And here we have Jesus in his hometown. And we're only given one reason, one reason that it wasn't happening there. And it's because they lacked honor. They totally missed out. I mean, if you think about it, they missed out more than any town in history, because Jesus was in their town. Jesus was in their town. Jesus is in our town. He's here today. He is in our town. And there are incredible things, amazing things that God wants to do in our community. And I can't wait to see what God does. But it starts with honor. Well, we honor him in our town. See, one of the uh, The things that um, I think makes it challenging for us is that we view honor so differently in our culture. We view honor as something to be earned, not given. Like, I'll honor you when you prove to me that you're worthy of honor. But what we see in this kingdom culture is that honor something to be given. In fact, this is illustrated so well in one of the commandments to honor your father and mother. Think about it. It says, honor your father and mother. It doesn't say, honor a father and mother who you think is worthy of honor. It just says to honor them. Um, No command, uh, it commands honor because they gave life to you. And that's the only basis, the only basis to which we're to honor. Um, Did you know that you don't need to think about whether or not you should honor your boss? You don't need to think about whether or not you should honor those who have been given positions of authority, whether in government, whether in, in, in your workplace, whether in your family, that according to scripture, it's actually to be given. Now, that doesn't mean that you support everything or agree with everything, but honor is something that we give because we recognize that, that those positions in our lives were placed there by God. And that when we honor, we're honoring God. In Romans 13, it says, everyone must submit to governing authorities. For all authority comes from God. And those in positions of authority have been placed there by God. So anyone who rebels against authority is rebelling against what God has instituted. And they will be punished. Now, like I said, this doesn't mean that you agree with everything. But it means that you recognize God above all else. And you recognize that he places those in position. And so um, I, I think one of the things that where, where we struggle in, in our culture is that we act like our words carry no weight. We're so quick to say things, whether on social media or in conversations or, or with friends. We're so quick to, to talk about people in such a way that it takes value from them. And what we don't realize is we're actually being dishonoring And when we dishonor people, we dishonor God. That's how connected honor is to our faith. It's the starting point. The the people in Jesus's hometown, they were probably good people. It actually doesn't say that there was anything extra sinful about them or anything extra wrong. It just says that they were without honor. When you give respect and you value something, You make room for faith to grow. When we build a culture together, a place of value, a place of honor, a place that puts God first, we make room for faith to grow, not just for us. It's interesting. They all had a part to play. It wasn't just any one individual. It was a collective thing. And so when we do this, we make room for something really miraculous to happen. Honor positions you to receive from God. There are incredible things that God wants to give you. But where there is no honor, he can do no miracles. I think getting into a position to receive from God, it requires more intentionality than we might think. We actually need to position ourselves. Honor does this. Um, God loves you. God is good. He loves you. We have so many great books about the love of God that it's crazy, that it does things, that, you know, there's, there's, it's, it's a really major theme, right? It's, it's the theme. And probably in Most churches in America, on any given Sunday, we're talking about how much God loves you. But there's another part to that message where the love becomes something more maybe than we often think of it. God loves you so much, but he loves you too much to leave you the way you are. He loves you so much that he wants to change some things, that he wants to make you new from the inside out. But if you won't, honor him, he can't do his full work in your heart. He can't do his full work in your life. So far in the Gospels, we see several groups that each to a degree honored Jesus, but all of them fell short. We see the disciples, right? They, they left everything to follow Jesus, but when they were in danger, they were afraid. They were, they were in the safest place they could possibly be next to Jesus, but they feared for their lives when danger came. And then the evil spirits, they recognized Jesus by name but they failed to worship him. And the desperate, they were probably the closest to getting it right. I mean, they, they needed what Jesus could do for them, but they didn't trust him completely. None of us are gonna get this perfect, right? None of us are, are gonna get this right. This is an area for us to grow. And we may not always honor God as much as we should, but we need to know that honor unlocks something. God loves us way too much, to pour out his favor, and to pour out his blessing on our lives if we don't value his place, if we don't honor him. One of the greatest gifts that I ever received came because I learned to give honor. When my wife and I were dating, we had a really rocky relationship, and we broke up a few times. Anybody been there? Don't raise your hand. (laughs) Um, And it was really rough. But I remember one of the times we broke up, I was talking to my friend Dale. And he had a, a blog that was like a popular blog. And he asked me if I wanted to contribute on it sometime. And I didn't know what I was going to write or when I was going to do that. But then I was talking to him about my breakup and what I was going through. And he goes, hey, why don't you write a blog about it? And I'm like, no. <laughs> that does not sound like a good idea right now. Like out on the internet after, I just, yeah, after we just broke up. And, but he's like, no, write a post about how to honor the person that you're breaking up with. And I thought, I see what you're doing here, right? (laughs) But it it challenged me, and it forced me to put into words, what does it look like to honor someone, even in pain, or even in offense, or even when it's difficult? And that's really where our honor is tested, right? And so I I wrote out some things, and I realized that, man, to honor her, we need to be completely honest with each other, even when it's hard. We need to, to say things about one another that protect each other's reputations. Like, it's so easy when you're in that position or when you're hurt to tear someone down with your words or to make them look like less than in the eyes of others, right? Or we needed to, to give each other space, room to grow, room, room, room to have time with God. And so in the end, honor protected our relationship, and it positioned us to receive more from God than we ever could have without him because it kept the bridge, Maybe some of you are here, and you're in relationships, and you're, you're trying to figure some things out. And I don't know if it's God's will for you to be together. I don't know if it's God's will for it to work out. But what I do know is it is God's will for you to honor yourself and to honor others. You, maybe you have to let someone go at work, or maybe you've been let go. It's so easy to be dishonoring to in your employment, right? But what if God wants to do something later on? And if you don't burn the bridge, if you choose to honor, even when it's difficult, it, it positions you for that blessing. It positions you to receive more than you, than you could imagine. And if you think about it, honor really doesn't cost us much. Usually, it's free. It's an attitude. It's, it's, it's things we say. It, it's how we carry ourselves. Honor positions us to receive from God. But it also does something else. And this is where many of us get stuck. This is really important. Honor keeps your past from limiting your present. It keeps your past from limiting your present. Um, What ways of thinking, what what perspectives might be creating barriers, things in our past, from going where God wants to take us in the present and developing the faith that he wants to help us develop? We're going to take a look. I want you to imagine with me that we are all this person at the bottom of the screen. And we're on this journey together of developing strong faith. But there are some common barriers that the early followers of Jesus faced, that, that since the beginning people have faced, and that we face. And so I think that you'll probably identify primarily with at least one of these, maybe all of them. Um, but we're going to take a look at these things. Now, before we go through them, though, I just want you to know these are all good things. They're all good things, but when we honor them more than we honor God, they become barriers to our faith becoming strong. Okay? So the first one is history. Did you know that towards the end of John the Baptist's ministry, like like, he got to point to Jesus? He got to point people to Jesus, but towards the end, he actually started to doubt whether or not Jesus was the right guy. In the book of John, it says that he asked the question Are you the one who is to come? Or shall we look for another? See, he was conflicted because his view of ministry was from a different time. It was in the past. See, his heroes were guys like Elijah and Jonah and people that came preaching judgment and repentance. But then Jesus comes on the scene and he's preaching forgiveness and repentance. And it's just totally different than what he was expecting. And so, because his views, were based on the past, they became a barrier to him seeing what God was doing now, to honoring God in the present. And so here we have the, these different views. When, when some of us, um, we, we think about the area that we live in, right? There's so much history. There are so many amazing things that have happened. I'm reading a book right now called Troublemakers. And it's about the start of Silicon Valley. And it's is like before Steve Jobs. It's like a previous generation. And some of the things that have happened at the companies that you work for or work with and, and some of the people even in our area have done things that we never would have imagined, right? Like if you were to tell me uh, when I was a kid that we were going to have the potential to ride in self-driving cars, I would have been like, no way, right? And I still don't want to, because that's really scary. And we should probably not do that. But it's kind of happening, OK? So but if we honor the past over what could be or over the present, we're completely limited. Another thing that, that another barrier to our development is theology. The Pharisees had a very defined theology, They had a very high view of the law. They had a path to holiness. They had had things that they were very committed to. But it kept them from recognizing perfect theology walking right in front of them. It kept them from honoring God. Maybe you grew up believing a certain way theologically. Maybe you had some views uh, that that, that you're holding on to really, really tightly. Um, Like, for example, some people don't believe in miracles. Some people don't believe in healing. And we believe that healing is for today at Brave. And when you maybe have a perspective, and by the way, I just want to say, we have a lot of people that are at a lot of different places theologically. And we love that. We love that this is a place where we can be united in Christ, but still be on a journey and growing and learning together. But maybe you grew up thinking that healing wasn't possible. And then you saw a healing, you ex- you, you, or you experienced a healing. What does that do for your theology? See, these people in Jesus' hometown, it actually says he, he laid hands and prayed on a few, and they still didn't honor him. They, they witnessed a few miracles, a few things, and they still didn't honor him. Another barrier is culture. Maybe your culture does things a certain way. You know, the culture we live in says, you got to you know, take care of yourself. you got to make it happen on your own. you got to be self-made. But kingdom culture, as, we, as we're looking at Jesus and we're looking at the Gospels, we're seeing, man, it's way more about depending on each other. It's way more about relying on God than relying on ourselves. And so our faith is being formed. It's being challenged to see things a different way. But if we, if we hold on to our culture's values, then our faith is going to be stuck, okay? The next thing is experience. Some of us are limited because we've been hurt in the past, and it's still impacting our relationships now. Um, If you've been hurt, or maybe you're still hurt, pain won't stop limiting. That hurt won't stop limiting your present until you deal with it until you take it to Jesus or, or get help, or maybe in a home church you find the healing, or maybe even counseling or, or prayer, or whatever that looks like, there's a, there's a healing that Jesus offers and a health that comes into our lives. But until we deal with the past, until we stop projecting our past hurts into our present, for some of us, this looks like maybe there's a type of person that hurt us in the past. It could be a personality. And so we avoid those in the future. And we don't honor the people that God is bringing into our life because they remind us of someone else in our past. See, if if Jesus is gonna be who he can be for us right now and in our future, then maybe he needs to be something more than he's been in our past. Last thing is this, expectations. This is maybe the hardest one, at least for me it is. Holding on to our expectations can really keep us stuck. Uh, We all have desires, hopes, dreams or, or visions of what could be, and often we hang on to those very tightly. Um, I'm a planner, so when I get an idea or something that I want to accomplish, I can't go to sleep until I have a plan. Like, I get so excited, and I want to know how is it going to work out and put it all together, right? But the problem with that is sometimes I hold on so tightly to my plan or my way of, of, of making something happen, but God has a different plan, and it's not until I loosen my grip enough to allow God to speak and to show me that I'm able to move forward. So uh, one of, one of my, my dreams, since I was like 16 years old, was to plant a church in San Francisco. And don't hold your breath. I'm not going anywhere. Um, but... That's been a dream of mine for, for so long, to, to, to plant a church in San Francisco. And so I even lived there for a little while. And i just always loved the city. In fact, like when my wife and I went on our honeymoon, we got to go to Italy. And it was so cool, such a cool experience. We saw uh, you know, Rome and Florence and some big cities. And then a year after that, we went to France to visit one of my best friends, married a French girl. And I became the godfather to their first baby. And so we got to see Paris. And we got to see all these amazing cities. I was the guy that's like standing in those cities going, it's not San Francisco, (laughs) you know, and my wife's like so frustrated, like, come on, you know, this is amazing. But, you know, God put it on my heart that that to be a part of this work someday that he's going to do in the city. And so I had this very clear plan of what I thought that was going to look like. But then I got married. And some of my desires started to change. And it was kind of like I never really looked past 20. Like I didn't think about kids in that vision or that plan. I didn't think about, there's so many things that I didn't think about. And so, but it got me stuck and it got me conflicted because I had my way, but God had something different. And it wasn't until I loosened my grip, until I loosened the grip I had on my plan that I was able to see that what God is doing here, what God's doing at Brave, this is a foundation. This is a launching pad. But it's not just about San Francisco. It's about so many other cities and other communities that need a church like this, that need to be a part of something like what God is doing here, a place where they could find and follow Jesus. So God's building something here. But honor is holding your dreams loosely enough for God to reshape them. And this can be really humbling. Uh, I've had to learn, and I'm still learning, that it's not about what I think or about what those closest to me think. At the end of the day, what matters most is what God thinks. And that's the perspective that I want to honor above all other perspectives. And so maybe like me, you know what it's like to have a dream, something that you you've been holding on to that you think is going to look a certain way or or play out a certain way. But will you make room for God to reshape that? Will you make room? Will you honor God above your best ideas, when you invite him into the process. We don't want to be like the people in Jesus's hometown. Like they missed the miracles. They missed out on so much because they had a way that it had to look. They had a way that Jesus had to work. They put God in their box. Honor is the starting point of faith. God wants to break down our barriers. He wants us to create a place where when we honor and we build a culture where faith can grow, and we, where we position ourselves together to receive from God, that we'll, we'll be blown away. This weekend is the Art and Wind Festival right down the street in San Ramon. And as we speak, like people from our church are setting up the Brave Burger tent. And they're really good burgers. And I think you should all go there today, OK, or tomorrow. But not because we need to sell more burgers. <laughs> like We sell out every time. Like, Last year, I was like going to Safeway to buy cheese because like, I guess we just didn't think that people wanted cheeseburgers. I don't know. But it's, it's really fun. But my point is, when you go there, look around. Look at the thousands of people and imagine what would a church look like where these people could find and follow Jesus, where these people could experience the love of God. Because it might look different than the church you experienced in the past. It might look different than the way you want it to look. Or the preferences, but when we honor God, when we honor that He has a vision, that He has a direction, that He's building this, when we honor that above our own perspectives or our own desires, positions us to be worked to, for Him to work greatly through us. See, if we will honor God greatly, He will do great things through us. So, honor is the starting point. I just want to open this up uh, a time. We're going to go into a time of worship. But I feel like for all of us, you know, we can, we can learn things on Sunday. We can learn a lot. Our minds can be filled with knowledge or, or we can even uh, be impacted emotionally. But if we don't move to action, we're, we're stopping short. God, does, God wants to transform our lives. And that means that it changes what we do. It changes our character. It changes how it changes how we act, it changes how we talk. And so I want to challenge you this morning. You might be here and, and you're thinking, okay, like honor, starting point of faith, I get that. Yeah, that I agree. That sounds good. But what are you gonna do? See, as we go into this time of worship, ask God to speak to you. Ask him to speak to you. Is there someone in your life that maybe you haven't really honored the way that you should? You haven't really given the honor to, that, that, that you're honoring God through honoring them. Is there somebody that you need to honor? Maybe you need to send them a letter. Maybe you need to shoot them a text, give them a phone call. Maybe you need to buy them a gift. This last week, my wife and I were on vacation, and we got a text from someone asking if my parents were home. I'm like, I don't know. I'm on vacation. But they're like, are they home? Because I want to drop something by. They dropped off flowers and chunky monkey. Yeah, that was a good day for Dad. But they didn't do that because that, that, that wasn't generosity. Yes, it was generous, but it was honor. And there's all different ways that we honor people. If you want to have fun, a lot of fun with this, take someone to dinner. Don't tell them why. And when you sit down, tell them, hey, I'm buying dinner tonight because I want to show you honor. I really value your place in my life. I really value the investment that you're making in my life. So as we, as we move into this time, you can, you can stand and sing. Or you can sit, you can pull out your phone if you, if you wanna write some things, if God is speaking to you, but take this time to hear from God and to ask him to speak to you and he will show you who you need to honor. So let's pray, let's pray before we, God, I just pray in this time that we would be receptive to the thoughts that you place in our, in our minds, that you would speak to us, that you would highlight who it is that we are to honor and that we would be uh, more than open to, to following through that we know that there is an there is some transformation there is some faith that will not grow in our lives until we take action so I pray pray that we would just hear you so clearly right now in Jesus name amen thank you so much for joining us today It's our hope that you will let this message go deep within your soul and allow Jesus to do the work that only He can do. We also want to encourage you to partner with us here at Brave. Go to brave.church and become a regular giver and be part of how God is using this message to help people find and follow Jesus.